this is Allison Capra, and this is How Not to Be a Miserable Cow podcast. I'm here with my very good friend, Miss Erin Brockman. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. Hi. What's up? What's up? <laughs> it's kind of a late night for us here. We're just getting settled and getting getting in on the cozy wine drinking fall weather. Um, and I just wanted to bring my friend Erin on. Erin um, is a wife and a mom, and she's one of the most most caring and creative people I've ever met. And I wanted to get a minute to just have her share a little bit of her own story for people who have similar things that they're going through because there's some things in life that throw, throw us curveballs. And Erin's been throwing a lot of those curveballs over the years. And I wanted her to share with you how she's worked through things that are hard in her life and how she's chosen to handle those things. So we'll start with this. Erin is a widow. She was a widow. I don't know how you say that. Yes. (laughs) Do Do you say I'm a widow Still, or you not you don't say it once you're remarried, right? Or how do you do it? I would say once widowed. Now I'm remarried, so I don't identify as a widow per se anymore. Um, but to fill you all in, yeah, tell them. Um, so I married. At 22. Well, wait, whoa, 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 wait, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, whoa. Before all that, Erin and I grew up together since we were little girls. Our parents met when I was probably eight and you were probably 12. We'd known each other our whole life. When I was a kid, you're four years older than me, you babysat me. And then as we grew into like teenagers and we were friends. And then as we grew into adults, we were best friends. So like, more like a sister. Yeah, we've grown up our entire lives together, and I've experienced a lot of life with you. And there's been years where we've been not even closer, talked or seen each other. We've always come back to kind of where we started as friends. So that's kind of how we've met and connected was through the wrestling world. Both of our brothers and family members are, like, really into wrestling, and our parents met through wrestling. Yes, and then her parents were starting a church. Yep, and and our parents worked together for many, many, many years. In the ministry. In ministry together, and Aaron and I worked together and traveled. We've literally traveled all over the world together this doing missions trips, etc. So before Aaron was ever married, we, we grew up together. So now go, Aaron got married at? 22. 22. Yes, yeah, so basically I traveled the world, came back from one of my last trips, and met my first husband on a, like, I got asked to do a job that was temporary, and met him on first day of the job, and we just hit it off, and... He was such a stud. Four months later, he's proposing... He had two children, previous marriage, and we married about nine, I think nine, ten months later. He was a lot older than you. He was, yeah, 11, 
11 and a half years older. Um, but such a stud. Super handsome. Great guy. Very yeah. big heart. Loved everybody. Everybody loved him. He was such a people person, salesman, and athletic. Um, loved life. Big heart. Very and big heart. we married, and I was 22. He was, what does that make him? 30. Three and a half? Yeah. So the first six months of marriage, we're just, you know, newlyweds and having a great time. And he finds out he has cancer in his neck. So, well, first of all, I did not know it was cancer. Let me back up. They just had a spot on his neck that was not familiar and causing a little uncomfortable and so went in said let's remove it then biopsy it's cancer so he went started treatments and that How was that so here's my thing is like going into that as a 22 year old you just like because this is the thing is like I you know knowing her my whole entire life and everything like as I've known you, like, you are one of those people that wanted to be a wife and mom. That was, like, one of your biggest dreams and visions is that you wanted to share share that with someone, a life, and, and a family. And that was, like, one of your biggest goals is to, like, create that sort of a life for yourself and, and take care of other people. So, like, going into something like that and having within the first month – something devastating like that being diagnosed over your spouse. I mean, I know that we talk about like healing and we talk about, you know, people working through it and fighting cancer and fighting all that stuff. But like, how did that work? How did that first month work of finding that stuff out? Um, a little shocked, I would say. And honestly, hadn't really been around anyone I knew personally that really had cancer that I was like around, you know, enough to even know the terminology, if that makes sense. So being young and kind of naive, when I first heard, you know, it was malignant, meaning it was already there and spread and benign, meaning if it, it would just have been stayed right there and it wasn't anything cancerous. So those terminology, I didn't even know. So I was like so naive and I was like, oh, okay. So I had to really be educated and then once it really hit and became a reality, then I started kind of fear, you know, creeped over me. And then not long after that, you know, my faith jumped in place because I had been, you know, around that and grew up around the faith and trusting God and believing for, you know, his healing. So... I just went and took that role. I mean, I didn't know what else to do but pray and trust and be there by his side. And it was like just the hardest thing, you know, had to go through. And that was just the first time. Well, and, and, and you know, to back up before that, Aaron is not a, you know, a rookie for loss. Before that had happened, you had lost your brother, your closest companion and best friend and somebody that was literally your blood brother and you the two of you were like inseparable 
two years apart, born on the same day. And you'd already experienced that loss. So like there had to be some sort of like fear of death. Well, let me back you up a little. So when my husband got diagnosed, my brother was not passed yet. Oh my God, really? I don't so we married 2002. Six months later, my husband got diagnosed. And then we went through treatments. And he was still in the, in the middle of his treatments when my brother passed away. So in 2004. So he had oh gone through God. almost... I, I didn't even realize it was like that. I thought Kent was two years after. Well, when he passed... It was several years, but, like, when he got diagnosed, no, it was my oh brother my passed first. So, okay, so you're, to, to crack that open, you have all this stuff, these heavy-duty blows hitting you very close together. How do you, in your mind, like, start to process this? Without without going down the road of just, like, being consumed by loss. Or feeling slighted or feeling disappointed or feeling like everything was taken. Mm. Just trying to think, you know, because sometimes a lot of this is a whirlwind. And so to think back, you know, in that time, you know, was had a husband that was sick and then my brother suddenly passes. Um, my sister also finds out she's got cancer in the midst of all this. So I honestly, without the grace of God, I, I just, some of that's a blur and I, I only know that he had to get me through it. I mean, there's just no other way to explain it almost supernaturally where I don't remember some of the things like I think he may have even erased some of that out of my memory to this day to kind of help me cope and to move forward but in the moment I just all I could do is cry out God be there help me I trust you I mean even I was like having such the hardest times I kept saying, I trust you, I trust you. And I knew there was hope at the end of that darkness. There was a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, I kept seeing it. I kept seeing, even through this, there's something good. Even through this, this, there's something good. And I kept saying it. And, you know, growing up around that way of life and speaking life over situations, and I witnessed that, you know, in the ministry. So I just truly had to take that into action you know what I learned growing up and when you're doing it in the moment you're not sure you still have to convince yourself but I just kept saying it enough and enough that it I was convinced and I just kept putting one foot in front of the other even through the I remember I I remember too like okay so during this time we're talking about um you're going through all this stuff you did have some serious breakthroughs with Ken's health. Mm -hmm. 
And there was some time where he had gone from, I, I just remember seeing the, you know, seeing him and him being like, just absolutely in so much pain and sick and, you know, in remission and all that stuff was coming out of it. And then seeing him again, six months later, and he looked like a new being, he was healthy again for time. So there was some healing and there was some, there was some relief, right? Yes. So a total of six years is what he dealt with cancer and it came back three times. Um, but in the middle of all that, there would be breaks where he would, he would get through a treatment and feel great and start working out again and, you know, eating healthy and he would regain some of that strength and felt like, you know, he was a new person again. And then we got hit with it the last time after we had my, our son together and he was, Brody was six months old and that's when he found it again and they just didn't give him much time. Initially they didn't give him much time but he did make it like two years after what they said. So with a lot of prayer and trying to do a lot of natural things because chemo didn't touch his type of cancer, he did radiation and then the, all we could do was eat healthy and do some natural stuff so but he did pass September of 2010 and it was a long road and it was very devastating and very hard even though because we pushed through and prayed and was believing in faith but on the flip side I knew where he was going I knew he was going to be out of pain and he was going to be free and that was actually the last thing that came out of his mouth as he was passing was I'm free. So leaving me with that, it was like a bittersweet moment. And like God was right there in the midst when that was happening. Cause like he was passing, but God was like comforting me at the same time. So it was like this, like relief for him and that he no longer had to suffer and he was ready. And he was just dealing with so much pain. Yeah, so much. You and I were talking about, and this is kind of like the thing that just, you know, for a lot of those years, you and I, you and I didn't see each other. You guys had kind of moved. I would moved away. You'd moved. And we didn't see much of each other during that time. And all I knew was just that he was really struggling and all that stuff. And over the years, we've talked about it. And you talk about, you know, at one year of marriage, just switching over from being a wife to being a nurse and taking care of somebody. And you take care of somebody for nine, ten years at a terminal illness level. It's like there's never any sense of, like, peace, right? Like, there's never any sense of, like, you know, oh, we're settled down. This is, like, life is, it's like a constant battle. Yeah, our life was always getting shook. So, like, as soon as we think we're in the clear and we were, like, going to live some semi, what you call a normal marriage and life, now we have a kid together, and then bam. So, it was, like, definitely a roller coaster and the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life is, you know, seeing someone you love and so much 
pain and nothing you can do about it. But I just, I just stood firm. I mean, I, I had very, very, very hard times between only God knows, you know, what I cried out to him and dealt with. And I just kept pushing through and just saying, there's, there is light at the end of this tunnel that everything always works out well for me. No matter what my situation is right here, right now, I know God still has a plan, even for me and my son. It's hard to think that way for some people, but I knew this wasn't, my life wasn't over per se. It was very hard, but when you can hang on to that hope and that light and just trust God through the whole thing, and you have to speak it, you have to live it, you have to walk it out. I mean, you've got to say it, you know. People just say it one time and then you're they're done. You've got to repeat it. I mean, you've got to repeat and like convince yourself. Renew your mind every day and say, I've got this, God, you're on my side. I can do this. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, and just see it visually. And that's how that's how God got me through it, you know. And it's so we I mean we talked about your brother a little bit and you know just so everybody understands like it was a very sudden tragic death with your brother and what year was it? That was 2004 that Clint died. And that happened and then what year did what year did your sister find out that she was sick? I want to say around 2008 or 9. And it's a little bit of a blur. But I know I think she struggled for about four years with cancer and passed away in 2012. So my husband was in the middle of his... Um, struggle and then she found out so they were both kind of you know one would get a a little bit better and one would be sick and they would flip-flop and then um yeah so Kent passed first in 2010 and then she passed September 2012 so September is (laughs) kind of been a rough month for us but also there's a lot of newness that came out of it too and we can share about that. Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about, okay, so th- we're talking about some of the hardest things that people can ever face. Siblings passing, two siblings, your brother and your sister both passing, your husband passing, the father of your ch- your child, and, you know, you and I were kind of talking about it just a little bit last night. And I can't, like, just not even experiencing someone that close to me dying. It's hard for me to wrap my head around that, right? Like, I was, I, I loved your brother and sister both. We all grew up together, and I loved them, but they weren't my brother and sister, mm-hmm. you know? And it wasn't my husband, and I didn't go through those things. So it's, like, hard for me to even, like, take a moment to to go through that and just just gather what it would do to me to have that stuff happen. But, like, on top of that, 
I just try to think about, okay, the only thing that I can even try to like closely compare it to is like going through the loss of a divorce that I've been through, divorce from spouses, completely different, right? But looking back, I think about like the divorces and things that I've been through and trying to say, okay, this is a decade of my life where I experienced something and, you know, this is my life, but it was like, you know, a loss. How do I look back at that and find good memories Mm -hmm. and find solid things to stand on to go? I didn't waste my life because I was married to this person and it didn't work out. And, you know, how do I go, you know, I'm not sorry about that. Like I had these great memories and try to like gather them in my brain. Cause when you first go through, you know, a divorce or something hard like that, an abusive relationship, whatever it may be, you're angry, you're bitter, you want to let go, you want to project all the irritating, sad things or, you know, hurtful things that happened to you, you want to project it back on that person, all that stuff. Right. But then once you get past the anger stage, you want to look back at your life and say it wasn't all for naught. You want to say it was worth it. I, I didn't, I can't say it was all for nothing. I, I didn't waste my life, right? So, like, I start, I started to go through and try to remember the things that I could hold on to that were valuable and that I, that meant something, whether it was something I learned or something I enjoyed or whatever. Yeah. And I just think back like to you being in that relationship for those 9 years with somebody who was terminally ill and just in just in so much pain. And going through the tragedy of your brother and going through just the turmoil of your sister and like all of that be just having your heart ripped out constantly and then not even just even having your heart ripped out because it's almost like you you weren't even allowed to feel those things yet because you were just in a fight for his life. Mm-hmm. So having that like constant anxiety and fight to keep, you know, this. how do you look back at that time and, and pull positive memories from painful times? That is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if I'm bumming you out. I'm not trying to. I, just, I know people go through this stuff and I want to, I want to help them. No, it doesn't. Honestly, it doesn't bum me out because like where I am today I'm in such a good place but that didn't come by me just like existing you know I didn't just exist after that I definitely had my moments and then had enough moments where I had to like have a you know a check and say okay Aaron what are you doing with your life? You have a child, you know, you that is looking up to you that you've got to help and be there for. And so I just snapped out of it, you know, kind of in like not just one day, but over a few moments I had that were like a wake up call to me that I needed to get my life together, meaning time to work on Aaron. So but let me back up and answer your question okay. that yes there was there's plenty of light in all of that and positive that I can come out of and you know just the experience of you know being able to love and care for someone greater than you know yourself you know coming out of yourself and taking care of someone 
that is in that kind of position is so humbling and selfless. So you, you grow so much like I grew and I became so much more selfless and to look to other people and how can I help them and, and just took myself out of it in a way because that's what marriage is. I mean, you really have to lay down your life in a way and be there for each other no matter what. And that's when I got married, you know, that's what I said. You know, I'm there no matter what. So, I mean, they, when they say through the thick and thin, I mean, that's what mm-hmm. it means. And I don't think people really grasp that until you go through something like this. And that's when you really are tested in a way of like, how much can you stick out? You know, how much can you do? And, you know, there were some very difficult times, but there was some very good times too and happy moments. And I really do try to hang on and cherish those and try to remind my son that doesn't really have a ton of memory of his father. He was two years old when he passed. So if there's just something happy I think about when he was around, I just try to like tell him about it. So I'll be like, oh, your dad was so cool. Your dad did this. And he was such a good athlete. And so all those good things that, I mean, he loved the Chiefs. And, you know, those are things that I get to share with my son, you know, and tell how wonderful of a person he was and a father. And so I just try to remember who he was and before all that came into the picture and because it was not his identity and just because he had cancer he wasn't cancer you know what I mean that just didn't make up who he was you know he was kind and loving and just go out of his way to do anything for anyone and loved his children beyond imagine you know you can imagine and so those are, I mean, that's the stuff you've got to focus on. You've got to focus on the good out of every situation. I mean, there's always something good out of everything. And if you can focus on that and take that with you as you try to take a step forward after going through something like this, I mean, it's going to open up your eyes and it's perspective. So, like, it's totally how you choose to view it all. Is it a, are you going to live in that life of a victim? Or are you going to move forward and go, hey, this was something that happened to me, but it doesn't, I, you know, it doesn't say who I am. It's not my identity. And it's just so good. look at all the positive. I mean, just be positive. I mean, stay positive and know who you are and who God says you are and just keep pressing on that's so good and the and the thing that's so good about that too is because it's like I don't know that anybody's ever seen you as a as a widow I mean I I don't know anybody who identifies with you and goes oh yes the widow of whatever I mean I don't and I'm I'm very close to you. It's like people don't people see you as so much more because you've never made that like your whole identity, right? So okay, so 
let's put that let's let's we're gonna move on past that I want to know now because you're married now and you've got a whole nother life it feels like I mean I'm sure it feels like in some ways you have lived two lives yes (laughs) ma'am you've lived two lives okay so in the middle of this it's been okay you met Jeremy when Jeremy is her husband we met kind of similar to around our time. I mean, I think I was... You were 10. About 10. <laughs> 10 years old. And you met Jeremy, and he was what? So he was like 11 and a half, almost 12. And he was your first kiss? Ish. Ish. <laughs> yes. He was your first kiss. So, like, this is another kid that we kind of grew up with. There was a wrestler that was friends our families were all friends your families were very close your parents and his parents and um then you know you hadn't spoken in in a couple decades correct and he popped into your life but you have this amazing life and this amazing husband and this amazing dream home and all these things that have just like god set you up for like this great life you're happy. Your your heart is full. How did you go from dealing with the grief of both of your siblings dying and your husband to moving completely forward? Because I know people who for 20 years have not moved forward past past that pain. How did you say, I want to live my life. I want to grow. I want to, you, how, did, how did you get there? <laughs> how did you get off the couch? Again, lots and lots of praying and seeking God and having some moments and dealing with those moments and Lots of amazing people in my path that spoke into my life as well, prayed over me and spoke so much good, and I held on to those things. So even when I was going through the hard times, I was told these really good things that God had planned for me, and at the time, you kind of like, eh, sure. But anytime I'd start to get down or depressed feeling or feeling sorry for myself, I would remember those things and that. So, okay. So really quickly, I want to say one thing because it's something that I noticed as your friend. And I just want to say it because I think it, people can identify with this women and men, maybe both who've been through something similar. I remember you trying to put yourself out there and date. And then if it didn't work out with somebody that you were seeing or if you, whatever, it was like you would go back into a state of loss. And it's like you weren't grieving that relationship not working. It was like you were grieving your spouse dying all over again. Correct. And like you started wearing your wedding ring again. Like I remember seeing you like you'd break up with someone and it was like you were devastated and you went back to wearing your wedding ring. And I remember thinking like is this something that happens? Yeah, I'm. that was one of the big triggers for me 
was I did get myself out there and I did date and some great people. Um, some great people. Some <laughs> great people. And even though through that and they were great people, um, realizing that I knew God said no and I was like kind of fighting it. But like, no, this is not the person. This is not the time. And on one occasion, I had said no, and I disconnected that relationship. And actually, two of them. And I remember feeling like sobbing and uncontrollably. And the feeling that came over me was as if I had just lost someone like someone died and not that I didn't care about those people but most definitely not to that level and it just was a light bulb that went off it was like oh man I need to deal with my shit because you still hadn't dealt with that grieving that you think you have but when you put yourself out there and you do try to move forward, there's going to be things that get erupted. And that are, those are going to be the signals for you, to, red flags, saying, whoa, 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 Aaron, hold up. You need to deal with that first. Whoa, 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 deal with that. So all those different red flags that went off, I was just like, okay, God, I'm going to deal with that. So I did. I got down to the heart level and just said, God, what do I need to deal with? And took six years Six years. <laughs> not six months, not six weeks, but six years, me and my son, although, like I said, I did date, but for the majority of that six years, I was single and I dealt with my heart because I knew God had a plan. I knew there was something out there. I knew he had someone for me and Brody so we can continue our lives together and God had so much more planned for us. And, and like you said, yeah. you would kind of get to a place with each relationship where it was like pooper get off the pot. Like you're with this person, you've been with this person that for long enough to know whether or not this is settling or this is it. You know what I mean? Like to know if and and when you came to that place, that's when it was like I would watch you go do is it am I supposed to keep doing this is this what I really want for my life is this what is supposed to happen is this what God wants for me or am I just do I not want to be alone and we're at the place now where I know we have to make that decision we're either going to break up or we're going to be together yes forever and I'm glad you brought that up because one of the words spoken over me were was do not settle Aaron do not settle and I think she said it and this was Glenda, if anybody knows Glenda mm-hmm. out there. She's amazing, and she prayed over me. And that word of do not settle, Aaron, God says do not settle. And I think it was four or five times she mentioned it in this word she was saying to me. And every time I was about there, I mean, it rang in my head like chimes going off. Do not settle. Do not settle. Do not settle. So... Thank God, because I didn't. And it's not because those people are wrong or they're bad. It just wasn't 
God's best. It, it wasn't, wasn't what they, he wanted for me. For you. Yeah, they just weren't the right person for me. Great people. You know, there's some very wonderful people. But that's exactly what I want to tell anyone out there is it's okay to be alone. It's okay to get, you know, right with God and deal with that stuff. And then be patient and wait because if you wait on the Lord and wait and be patient, he's going to give you the best. And why would you settle for any less? Well, and I remember too, you know, it doesn't always mean that it's like some fairy tale or it's all perfect or if it's all like, ah. it can just mean that it's like the right fit and the right time and all that stuff. Because I remember it was like you went through a period of, really just kind of reaching out and clinging on and wanting someone then to like not needing anyone and not really wanting anyone and it was like a huge waste of your time when it was like it had shifted you were no longer like you went from a place of like wanting to fill a void to like not interested in anything and that like when it came to that place I remember you just being like I'm good yeah I told God I am not looking for anybody. Yeah. I said, I'm going to do my life. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to travel. I'm going to, you know, do it all and just live my, live it up with my son. Like, we're just going to live life. And you're going to have to bring someone to me because I'm not looking. <laughs> so that's exactly what happened. Okay, what happened? So Tell the audience what they've won. So <laughs> I was celebrating my 36th birthday. Had a great time with some girlfriends. Was I there? I don't remember. You did not make it in town. Oh. But that's okay. Sorry. Um, Had some other girlfriends over, and we just, like, had a really great evening, had a great time. And that next following morning, I receive a text message saying, Happy birthday, Aaron. I hope you had a good birthday. This is Jeremy. And I'm like, Brockman? Didn't even say his last name. But really, the only Jeremy I knew that I would think would reach out to me on my birthday. So I was like totally floored. Did this not is the expect kid it. That she grew up with from the time she was a little girl. That was her first kiss. So we hadn't even spoken like twenty years, twenty five maybe. Like we saw each other at my brother's service and my sister's. I believe a lot of it's a blur, but. He had his family, his thing going on, and they had they had gotten divorced, and that whole thing had happened, and so this was after all that. Yeah, he was going through his stuff, but then he was single, and reached out to me at first as a friend, and I was just totally taken back. Didn't even expect anything from him because in my mind I thought he's still married like I had no idea I hadn't even heard from him so I didn't know his situation and you're like why is this yeah I'm like I don't <laughs> speak to married people but long story short we ended up connecting and it went like like we had never missed a beat and we carried on this relationship for several months long distance um I'm in Kansas City at the time. He's in. He's such a stud. He's a stud. 
in Panama City Beach is where he was, Florida, and we kept this long-distance relationship going for a while and then realized this is the man that I'd been waiting for that to come to me. And he came and, like, kind of the rest is history, but we live in Panama City Beach now. I moved, me and my son, and we've been there almost two and a half years. Married almost a year this month. September. In September. (laughs) So there is, you know, even in the darkness, there is light. And there is good things that can come even from the bad things. And there's, God always has a plan and everything always works out well for you. If you truly trust him and put your life in his hands, he will get you out of that dark hole and he will bring even better than you can imagine. All 10 inches. (laughs) You have to edit that. I'm just kidding. So anyways, I just want really quickly, like, you know, for anybody going through this stuff who's looking for those kinds of things, this is the thing that I want people to grasp. This isn't like just a love story and we're not just saying like, oh, you know, you have to like, if you're going through something and you're sad and you went through a divorce and you just are hoping for a husband, it'll just happen, blah, blah. It doesn't even have anything to do with with Jeremy and her life now and it being awesome and positive and whatever that had to do with the desires of Aaron's heart. God really wanted to give Aaron the desires of her heart and she wanted to be a wife and she wanted to be a mom and she wanted to have a partner and all those things. But whether or not you want those things, whether or not you are wanting to be married or, you know, you've been through hell and you've been through a hard time. If you lost somebody, if it's a parent or a, you know, a spouse or a sibling or a friend or a child. God, you know, God can help you release the pain of that. And there is a way for you to go through and release the pain of that kind of grief and come out on the other side. And I just want for one minute for Aaron to explain in her own words, because, you know, I talk about in my book and I talk about on my posts and on my Instagram and all this stuff, enjoying the journey. I talk about it all the time, but I want you to explain in your own words, what it means to you after, you know, going through those six years of like overcoming that grief and just being, finding out who you were again and finding who you were maybe even for the first time because you got married so young and then you went through so much trauma, so young, just that lasted so long finding yourself again what does it mean to you to enjoy the journey now after all the pain and trauma and tragedy that you've been through how do you enjoy the journey and get through it the best way I would say that is I truly truly try to live every day to the fullest and some of you may notice if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook I do live in Florida now and we live close to the beach that it's always been a dream of mine to live near the beach. And that was just one thing that came true for me. But we truly tried to like live it up. I mean, because life is so short. Learned that. You have no idea until you've gone through 
something like this and this extent um, of how short it is and that we need to go see the world, you know, go experience the new restaurants down the street, go, you know, make new friends, you know, join a gym and, you know, just live it up. There's like, I mean, even if like, you've always wanted to like move, move. <laughs> like we always talk about people are like, man, it's always been a dream of mine to go to Greece someday, maybe someday. And I'm like, make that today. Dude, like, get a freaking plane ticket. Go sell some shit. Stop buying crap online and buy a ticket and go. Yeah, just go and do and live. Like, live your life to the fullest and don't just exist. But And that's something that thrive. you said that, that was so, so important to you about, like, you knew Kent wanted so bad for you. Yeah, to live my life. Um, he knew if, you know, he was getting bad and he was going to pass and he was like, I know you're going to be fine. I know you're going to find someone and you're going to have a great life. And I mean, that just may have been God speaking through him to help me when it came time to be okay with it, to be okay to move forward. It is okay. Those loved ones want us to continue our life that God has planned for us and to live because if you're not living, you're just existing. And that's no life. So, I mean, I truly try to just have so much fun. You know, whatever I'm doing. If I'm just at home with my family and making dinner, like we dance in the kitchen, we play the music, we, you know, we be silly, we're goofy. Um, you know, if we're just like, we might play video games all together in the living room or watch a movie together, or go on a golf cart ride, and just be silly, you know, go mudding. I mean, there's so many things that people miss out on because they think, oh, I'll, someday I'll do that. Someday I'll do that. But now is the time because it's not things that we're going to take with us, but memories and the relationships with people. So save up your money and go on trips and just live it up because I have no fear anymore of things like that, of like missing out. You know, this is new thing, FOMO, fear of missing out that these young generation is talking about. And is that different than YOLO? What's the YOLO? You're young. I don't even know. I don't even know. One life to live. Yeah, you have one life. Oh, that's good. Only or something like that. But. You only live once. Okay. That's what yes, it was. You only live once. Man, we are one. not almost 40. No. <laughs> but anyway, yes, like, just stop being fearful of things and just go live life. I mean, that's all I can really say. And honestly, if people ever have questions, you know, I'm, I'm honestly an open book. And I would be more than happy. Tell them how they can find you. Because, so Erin's writing a book, just so everybody knows. And it'll probably be out in the next year and a half. So she's just working on it right now. I'm just letting everybody know to be looking out for Erin's book on overcoming grief and enjoying the journey. And, um, but tell them how they can find you. Um, well, I'm on Facebook as 
Aaron Lucas Brockman, and you can message me. Instagram. Give him the IG. The IG is, I think it's E Lucas 19 or Aaron. No, Lucas. it's not. It's Aaron Brockman 19. She doesn't know her own Instagram. <laughs> It's Aaron Brockman, 19. So <laughs> um, Anyways, I am so thankful that you share this stuff because I know so many people who go through this stuff and they just get freaking stuck for life. And I just want to say again, like, you know, Aaron and her husband Jeremy are like passionate people who have a heart for others and they are like literally perfect for each other. And God set them up to like just connect because like it is so cool to get to see her like living her dreams living her life and then like they call each other all throughout the day just to chit chat and share stories it's like she found her person and it makes me so happy so happy to see it and I want that for every single person who's going through something or been through something that's painful I want you to know that that God's got a plan for you and that it you can be on the other side of that grief you can overcome that grief and I and I believe that because of my friend Aaron and I just want everybody to know that so everybody don't forget to uh check out Aaron Lu- Aaron Brockman 19 on Instagram. We'll put it on the Yeah, we'll put it on the thing. Put it on the thing. And um just remember to uh enjoy the journey. Yes, and thank you all for listening. I was so glad to share my story. So, I hope it helps anyone out there that is struggling. I know how you feel and just press on and We love you guys. Love you. Bye.